0: What's up, everybody? This is Adam Bernstein, and welcome back to Back Office Out Front, the podcast covering the corporate army behind the athlete. For my first official episode of the show, I have a very special guest, and it's James Santor, the Chief of Staff of 76 Capital. 76 Capital is an early-stage VC based out of Philly with three main focuses of investment, which are sports gambling, esports, and sports tech. In addition to just this, they have an awesome program that they put together called the Athlete Venture Group. The Athlete Venture Group takes both former and current professional athletes and makes them LPs in some of their funds, which does two main things. For the athletes, obviously, it's both a learning experience and a financial opportunity, teaching them how to invest now and then to make some more money on their own in the future. And for the portfolio companies, it takes these people, these athletes, with great both financial and social capital and allows them to leverage their networks to do whatever they need to help the portfolio company grow. These are people with really unparalleled connections, so having them involved in an early stage company can be incredibly, incredibly useful. James will take us into a deep dive of how the Athlete Venture Group helps both the athletes and the portfolio companies, and how it all came to be. In addition, I just wanted to thank James publicly. He has been a great role model for me, and someone who has really helped me grow as an aspiring professional in the field, and I just can't thank him enough, and I wanted to put that out there in the open for everyone to hear. So, with that, let's hop into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Back Office Out Front. I'm your host, Adam Bernstein, and with me today is James Santor of 76 Capital. Thank you for being here today.
1: Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm excited to talk to you, man.
0: Just to hop right in, um, can you just tell me a bit about yourself, how you got to where you are today, what you do at 76 Capital, and your journey to get there in school, beyond, things like that?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So um, I graduated from LaSalle University in 2016. Uh, LaSalle is in North Philly. So um, I grew up in South Jersey. So it's probably about 30 minutes from where I grew up, which was mm-hmm. nice to kind of be near my parents. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to play baseball there. And, you know, my parents were able to come to a lot of my games. And that was a real uh, exciting factor for me. So I had a great experience there. Uh, I studied finance and was able to have um, three internships along the way as well. So um, mm-hmm. LaSalle was a place that really allowed me to, you know, by myself from a business standpoint, um, personal standpoint, and also the athletic standpoint, it was really fun. I met some of the best people uh, I could have ever asked to meet and, uh, you know, built long-term relationships and it's helped me kind of get to where I am today. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I heard
0: that uh, in another interview you did that you happened to be a submarine pitcher for one of your years because of your elbow? how was that adjustment? <laughs> yeah, it
1: was, look, it, it, I had a really uh, interesting college career. You know, I kind of went into LaSalle as you know, a really hard thrower and somebody that was very raw and needed a little bit of, uh, of coaching. Um, I redshirted my freshman year to kind of develop. And for the first time in my life, I was able to start throwing strikes. And it was like a really, really <laughs> nice feeling to have that. And uh, I went to play in a collegiate summer league and I was an all-star and I finally kind of figured it out. And then I tore my elbow. So I uh-huh. tore my elbow, had a That's redshirt again to my sophomore year. <laughs> and then uh, I came back my junior year. I started throwing harder actually. And then I kind of, blew out my shoulder because I was throwing too much so it was just kind of one of those things it was just like the trials and tribulations of sports and then you know my senior year I was talking to my coach and I just couldn't get back to the velocity I wanted to be at yeah Uh, my fastball was a little bit flatter so he said let's try submarine so literally one day of practice in the fall I just started throwing a little bit different and uh let's put it this way it was really fun because making a ball move like that is really cool right um the tough part was that you know, like, literally, the, the funniest thing was, so I got to pitch on an opening. with mine. Um, you know, I, I think that's, like, one of those things, like, opening day of college baseball, it's, like, a really special thing. Like, the kid that we were facing, we are playing at Winthrop. Um, yep. he, was, he was supposed to be a first-round pick. So it was, like, wow. a really cool thing to be able to experience. That first pitch, I drill kid right in the stomach. Um, <laughs> hit the batter, and it was like, oh, God, what's going to happen now? Second batter, I hit him, too. So that's the downside of throwing, that's like, insane. a submarine <laughs> you just it's hard to control and um you know luckily I did kind of figure out after hitting those two kids and I threw two innings that day and I threw pretty well but mm-hmm. you know I didn't pitch that much my senior year like that because of the control issues but man yeah. it was it was fun and it's cool to be able to talk about I yeah yeah um
0: was VC something that was like even on your radar in your time at school or was it something you kind of discovered after the fact
1: it was something I discovered after the fact, you know, and frankly, like I, as a finance major and having, you know, three internships in the corporate finance and accounting world, I I really thought that was kind of the way I was going to continue to progress. And, you know, when I was like, especially playing baseball and having to, to, you know, not have a schedule where I can go do a ton of interviews and and really focus on that as much as maybe somebody wasn't playing, especially because our season's in the spring. So, you know, one of the interesting things was that like, I'd always wanted to work in sports. Like my dad had been working in sports, um, from an executive recruiting standpoint. Um, I'd always just been very jealous of the fact that he got to, you know, that was his business to talk Mm -hmm. about sports all day. Um, but I was lucky enough to kind of land a job in corporate finance at Independence Blue Cross in Philly. Mm -hmm. Um, unbelievable company. It was an awesome opportunity for me. And, uh, you know, I am very thankful for my time there. And it was just one of those things about two years in, I kind of realized that, you know, it wasn't something that I wanted to do long term because I didn't have the same passion and you know the competitiveness that, that I felt in baseball, yeah, so when I started looking for new jobs, you know I found seventy six capital, and you know I obviously I knew what v c was, I knew what private equity was, I knew all that stuff, but right. never really imagined myself working in the space and then you know when I had my first interview and I had started doing all the research, it's like the perfect combination of my skill set and my passions and interests, so you know at seventy six capital we focus on sports tech specifically and early stage startups in the tech space. So for me, it's like, I love sports, obviously. That's some diehard Philly sports fan. Um, you know, I played as well. And then uh, from the tech standpoint, I've always kind of considered myself a little bit of a, you know, a geek or nerd, whatever you uh-huh. want to call it, because as a kid, I would kind of build computer systems and build computers and uh, always find new ways to kind of use my technology and bring it to another level. So yeah. always had a passion for that. And then, you know, the VC aspect is just so interesting. So that was for me, it was like, you know, I, I, well, I like new challenges. I wanted to learn about VC, understand how it all worked. And I'll tell you what, it's been the best part of this job. It's just been like, you know, I, I've been there for about a year and a half now. And every single day, I feel like I'm learning something new about how the VC world operates. So yeah. to answer your question, I never expected myself to be in this industry, especially in the mix of sports and VC. So right. I really find myself extremely blessed to be in this uh, position right now.
0: Yeah. And you briefly touched on this, but I just wanted to dig a little deeper into it. You said there's three pillars of your guys' investment, right? It's in the tech, gambling, and
1: there's one more. Yeah. So it's, we really, we say like esports, sports uh, sports betting, and then general sports tech. So that right. could be anything from fan engagement, uh, data analytics, media. So mm-hmm. it's fairly ambiguous there, but really it's anything that's going to disrupt the sports industry using technology. So yeah. It's it's a really bright future ahead. And we really see it kind of being like e-commerce was the last 10 years. We see sports tech being that for the next 10 plus years because I think we've seen it during COVID that people just are dying for sports right now. Yeah, it's never going to go away. Yeah. So so it's like now it's – and because of COVID again, like how are people going to innovate and change the game to make sure that there's never going to be a stoppage of play again that, you know, the viewer experience because some people may not want to go back in the stadiums. Like what is going to – what is going to make it easier for us to all do and watch the things we love, and, and that's right. what we're really trying to find out for investors.
0: Right, for sure. And then the other part of Seventy Six Capital that I find super interesting and kind of what I want to focus a bit more of this on is the Athlete Venture Group. So, could you explain a little bit of what that is, who's in it, and kind of how that came to be?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, the Athlete Venture Group is it's something that I remember during my interviews. Um, it's it can be a little confusing because you know we're not an agency, and, right. and that sometimes it kind of seems like it seems like that because. Um, We do work with athletes. So the way the AVG works is, you know, these athletes that are not only just were superb athletes on the field or on the court, they are really smart guys that are really passionate about business just as they were about their, whatever sport they played. Yeah. Um, And the athletes we currently have are Brian Westbrook, former Philadelphia Eagle, uh, DeMarco Murray, former Titan and cowboy and an Eagle as well. And then uh, Ralph Sampson is an NBA hall of fame.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So these guys are all, really, really smart guys that happen to just be unbelievable athletes. Yeah. And and for them, it's like, how can they invest and learn about something that they're passionate about and they have an expertise that nobody else has. And that's what the athlete venture group is for. Right. So they invest with us um, and we give them kind of a crash course on entrepreneurship investments and really the sports tech landscape because Mm -hmm. again, it's a fairly new industry that not a lot of people know about. So, right. It's really about giving them the opportunities to, you know, understand the different types of investments that are out there. Cause I think a lot of people think, you know, real estate mm-hmm. is really like, that's what a lot of athletes you see that yeah. it looks like that's their only investment option, but we want to say, Hey, you can invest in something that you're going to know better than anybody else. All these different private equity guys and VC guys, like you actually have more expertise than them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's pretty cool though. Cause you get a guy like Brian Westbrook when we have a, a football opportunity come through that we're evaluating. I'll call Brian up like, Hey man, you want to get on this call? And I'll be like, let's do it. Like he so, like, loves that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He loves it. And you know, again, I, I love football. I didn't play football, especially in the NFL. So like yeah. when I'm asking certain questions from, you know, not only a sports and VC perspective, next thing I know, Brian's jumping in there and saying, what a, do you have these pack, defensive packages in your system? Right, like, right. <laughs> I would never even think of. So it's really cool to kind of hear these guys get so excited about talking to entrepreneurs and really yeah. helping them out because That's like, for us, we, our portfolio is so diverse and you know, our guys love working with our own companies. So Mm -hmm. they really see that as their individual investments too. Like it's a very unique uh, setup and we also let, you know, these guys go and speak on different panels all over the country about their transition from being high level athletes to now being high level tech entrepreneurs. So it's really cool to see them on these panels talking about everything. Like Ralph Sampson was actually just on one uh, the other day on synopsis with our managing director, Chad Stender, mm-hmm. and again, a guy like Ralph NBA hall of famer, he had right. an unbelievable career. And now he's talking about what's out there in the sports world. So yeah. it's, it's really cool way to integrate the athletes with the sports business for us.
0: Mm-hmm. And how does it work? Are they involved in every deal? Or are they kind of insulting consulting on certain deals? You view them as experts in things like that? How what's the structure like with them?
1: Yeah. So the structure is really that they invest in the funds. So they're kind of, uh, a LPs? Yeah, right. yeah. So they're an LP, they're LPs, but because of, again, their social capital and their expertise, they right. have a little more opportunity than a traditional investor. Yeah, um, gotcha. and That's only if they want to, like, you know, we can have an athlete invest that may say, look, I love what you guys are doing, but I don't want to be maybe public facing with it. And that's fine. Right. Again, they get, they still get to understand and we can still teach them from a private standpoint, but right. you know, for the guys that really, they, they want to be known as tech investors. That's, that's the opportunity at hand. So it's uh, it's very exciting.
0: Yep. And you mentioned the phrase social capital. I've heard people throw that around a few times, Wayne in particular, Wayne being a partner at 76 capital. Yep. Can you uh, elaborate on that a bit and why you think they bring in social capital and what's so important about that and what they bring that some other like traditional in quotes VCs wouldn't.
1: Yeah. You know, I think athletes you know can do so much because of who they are and the reach they have. I mean, yeah, you have a guy, you know, I'll use Joel Embiid for an example. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid is such a tantalizing figure to you, to me, to every 60-year-old Sixers fan out there or just right. NBA fan. Like his reach is endless. Right. You have little kids that love him. Everybody knows who Joel Embiid is. Yeah. So if Joel Embiid goes out and, and tweets something or talks about something about a company or something going on in the world, people are going to listen. So to have these types of athletes that, are experts in the field that know exactly what they're talking about and have the respect and the following from basically the entire world. That's it's yeah. powerful. And when we're making these investments, especially since we're only investing very early stage companies, yeah, they need that help. And they need it's not only the the public help, but when you have a guy like Brian Westbrook that you know, like say one of our uh, entrepreneurs has a really bad day or they yeah. the business meeting went bad. And Westbrook can jump on a call with them and talk to him about how, you know, he may have had an awful game against the right. Cowboys right. and then scored three touchdowns against the Giants the next game. Right. It's the perspective, you know, because Westbrook would have to deal with sports talk radio, especially in Philly of saying things about him, this and that. Yeah. An entrepreneur doesn't have to deal with that. It's more of an internal thing, an internal battle. So having an, uh, an athlete that can really put things into perspective, be there to help guide them along for success. It's, it's yeah. really powerful.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for me for them to be evolved. Like- they have a lot of money and they have a lot of influence. So why not use it both to better both themselves and the company? I feel like any VC who's not doing something like that is kind of already at a disadvantage.
1: Yeah, exactly. Look, I mean, I think we've seen so many athletes get taken advantage of over the last, yeah. Yeah. You know, since the beginning of sports, I mean, right. cause of that social capital um, and people almost think they could take advantage of them because they assume that they're not, Business focused, or they're not right. fiscally responsible because they just have so much money. So, for us, it's, it's not only about you know getting these guys to invest in things they want to invest in, but also educating the general public, which is something that we do through our partnership with Rubicon Talent, um, which right. is a sports marketing agency in New York City. Where a lot of their guys don't invest with us right now, but it's something that we'll provide help and assistance if they have questions about potential investments, yeah. even outside of the sports space. Like we just want to make sure that today's athlete is is very aware of everything they have at their disposal, um, yeah. and that's really you know it starts from the day they get into the league and when um the name image likeness uh that starts to become a factor of mm-hmm. nta it's gonna, it's gonna start in college yeah so it's it's really you know this is because i mean you can see the things with zion right now where he's getting sued for his parents mm-hmm. getting money and houses and everything like you know what you can't really help zion in college because it's illegal but right i needed some, a financial advisor zion needed somebody to to really make sure that he's making these smart decisions because, right. you know, long-term, I don't think he's going to have any issues, but it's yeah. just like, it's a shame. I mean, you see with Reggie Bush too. Reggie Bush is mm. getting reinstated by USC right now. Yeah, Something he did that didn't affect his play at all on the field is now a major news story and has been for years. So it's like, right. Some of these guys just need the right people to help them out at an earlier age. And unfortunately, because of the NCAA rules, it hasn't been able to happen yet. So right. I'm excited for that personally um, to be able to, especially help out some of the younger kids. And look, we're not always looking for investment. We just really want to help people. And again, educate these athletes to be better yeah. uh, in the future.
0: Yeah. Has, has anyone ever kind of been skeptical of working with the athletes as they're not like career businessmen and professionals or like, are people kind of do it as a different opportunity. That's like, you know, just cause they don't have the experience doesn't mean that they're any worse off because of it.
1: Do you, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the, the beginning? Yeah, for
0: sure. Have people ever been like skeptical of working with the athletes as LPs and as investors because they aren't like quote unquote traditional businessmen or is it kind of people view it as just like a differing, unique, but good perspective?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's unique because like an LPs typically they don't really have to do, you know, like it's really more they're silent investors hoping to make a return on their investment and be able to invest in something that they, you know, they want to invest in or interested in. Yeah. So I think for, from the entrepreneur's perspective, I think they love working with athletes because Again, how often do you get to talk to somebody that has been such a prominent figure at the highest of, you know, levels of, uh, you know, they get so much attention. So again, the perspective that an athlete can bring, like the business and sports, there's so many parallels there. And Mm -hmm. I've always felt that way. And I think that's why I love this industry. Because again, like I would go to practice and have an unbelievable bullpen. And then next thing I know, I'd be excited and ready. to, I can't wait to be able to pitch the next game. Yeah. It's the same thing with like you this is small wins, like you can have a great call. And how do you take that little call into making that something big for the business? And I think right. that's why people love working with athletes because they have that same mentality. It's like you're growing to get to an overall goal. For an athlete that's winning a championship. Yeah. And for a business, that's being successful. So it's it's very there's a lot of parallels there and it's a similar path. And it's if you have the same mentality and work ethic you have in sports as you do in business, you're gonna be successful.
0: Yeah, for sure and this is kind of putting you in the spot of it, so know, pressure if you can't think of a specific situation, but was there a time when working with either someone in the AVG or with Ryan Howard or whoever, where it's like, if they weren't a professional aft in their past, like this opportunity wouldn't have come up, or you were like, wow, like this connection, this, something like that?
1: Yeah, you know, I, it's it's tough because the one thing I would say about that without being able to disclose any, like, of course, right. <laughs> is, is, you know, when I, especially with Westbrook, like Westbrook's the best mm-hmm. example when he's jumped on calls with me, you know, there may, be, it may have been a chance I made an investment or we made an investment in something that wasn't good for us yeah. because we didn't have the expertise. And again, the types of questions that are asked because of his expertise in the field have made us realize that, you know what, this isn't right for us right now, or this business isn't going to be a 10 x return on investment for us. So, yeah. you know, that's really like, it's been so valuable to have, again, somebody else that can think differently. The different set of eyes is so valuable for us when we review all these deals.
0: Yeah and Ryan Howard in particular he's a part he's a full-time partner there or what's his relationship like with you guys right now
1: yeah yeah so he's uh he's part of our, our fund one so okay. he helped kind of kick off the sports focus there so yeah gotcha involved with all the different uh, companies that we have in that fund and been great, especially with Diamond Kinetics. He was recently mm-hmm. on uh, Diamond Kinetics live stream and uh, just talking about the future of baseball and what's going on there and how analytics have a big piece of that. So yeah, um, you know, it's it's been great to have him uh, to really help out these companies
0: for sure. I happen to be a diehard Mets fan, so I don't have the great association with yeah. Ryan Howard, but I can separate his off-field <laughs> actions from his on-field actions.
1: But yeah, I appreciate that, and uh, I ho- let's just say I hope we get to see some Mets Phillies battles this year. Yeah, need baseball I'm, back so
0: more than ever. <laughs> And um, one more thing that I want to talk about was some athletes have been pretty notably starting some venture funds of their own to an extent, like KD starting 35 ventures and stuff, SC30, things like that. So what do you view as like the benefit almost of people joining something like the AVG, whereas like if they were to start something on their own, there's less red tape and things like that to go through. Is it like the experience you guys bring or what would you say that is?
1: There's so many factors that go into building a fund. I mean, fundraising, it's – first off the operational side of things and getting Mm -hmm. all that set up is, is a lot. Um, and look, I'm, I've only been here a year and a half and I'm still learning a lot myself, but it's a very complicated field and having a network that not only can, you can raise capital from, but be able to tap into to find the best deals to find co-investors. It's, it's, it's very, very, you have to have that relationship built out. So, you know, what KD didn't, do it you know it's kd's fun but he does it with with partners so it's really hard to go in yourself but the one thing that i would say that differentiates us is the strict sports tech um Mm -hmm. like that's our strict focus not many people have that focus and um with that you know you're not investing into one single company you're investing into a fund so you get access to basically right now we have 11 companies so you have a piece of all those different companies, which I think is really valuable, especially as like when you're starting out and wanting to get into the investment space, Yeah. instead of putting all your eggs in one basket, you're really putting all your eggs into the one industry, which is Mm -hmm. sports. So for a lot of guys, it's like, you know what, like I may not know anything about biotech or health health tech or FinTech. I don't really want to invest in that. I just want to invest in sports. Do I know what the best company is specifically to invest in from a startup perspective? No but I do know that this fund invests in the best startups across three different verticals. And I trust that I can learn from them. I can work with these companies, see the opportunities out there and really grow and help these companies grow until this fund is massive. So that's really kind of the way it works right now, where there's just, you know, you just get so much for the investment because of the fund we've been able to build or the portfolio we've been been able to build.
0: Yeah, for sure. And two more questions before I let you go. Sure. one either obviously I don't want you to speak for them but yourself playing a sport at a pretty high level Would you say there's a lesson from sports that you think athletes can take into the business world that would give them a leg up on the competition
1: yeah I just think like I said very early on like with my injuries and, and everything like that I think it's just the ups and downs of business are so similar to sports you know even the best players I mean think about LeBron LeBron is the best basketball player that we're probably ever going to see in our lifetime um and he has lost. Was it seven finals? Like even yeah. I mean, more than that. Like yeah, the best player in the world has lost that many times. Right. So imagine from all that he's done and all the teams that he's carried to that point, that disappointment that he's had to face. And I think that you know you see it all the time in sports where you have these great players that just can't. I mean, Mike Trout's been in the playoffs once. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Right. So so what do you do when you have so much individual success or you have a lot of potential there where you're getting, like LeBron, you're getting to the finals every year and you just can't get, get over that hump. Yeah. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep trying to get to, to, to win. Winning is again, it's, it goes across everything you do in life, whether it's business, sports, everything. Yeah. I think it's just really, you have to think of it as a sport. I mean, I literally, I treat every single day like I'm still training for baseball or if I was playing professional sport, I mean, I wake up at 5 a.m., I get my workouts in, I get my mind ready, and then I can go into the workday attacking it like I would if I was trying to win a World Series right now. And I think that that's really like, those are the types of people that we invest in because we want our entrepreneurs to be very open-minded to all different ideas. Um, And again, it's that tireless work effort or work ethic Mm -hmm. that we've been able to build within our portfolio. And that's why we've had so much success thus far. And a lot of the people in our, in our portfolio, a lot of those founders were former athletes, yep. not professionally, but like they have that mentality and that's why they're successful. So again, the sports mentality and the athletes mentality is, is so crucial in business. And I think that's why you hear a lot of people. say they only hire athletes because of yeah. that. That's the, the one thing. For I them.
0: don't know if you know, but there's another podcast called course to corporate. That's really, really good. And it's little the just interview athletes who went into business and I love it. It's really, really
1: awesome. Yes. Yeah. It's Kirby's right. Yes, Kirby. Exactly. Kirby, Kirby's awesome. She's uh, a yeah. she's killing it and Harvard superstar. So yeah, right. <laughs> she, she can Not talk a lot about about a lot about the uh, time commitment and time management skills and everything. Yeah. but she's uh, yeah she's she's awesome.
0: And lastly, um, for someone in my shoes looking to work with athletes one day in some sort of business sense, kind of get where you are, do you have any advice for people who to try to break into the field? Because obviously, it can be kind of a tough place to make, make connections. It.
1: Yeah. Look, I think there's a lot of resources out there and, you know, the sports industry in general, there's more opportunities than ever because Mm -hmm. of kind of the the places we invest in, like sports betting, wasn't a thing, you know, two years ago, 2018 all of a sudden sports betting is legal. And now obviously it's a state by state thing, but there's 24 States that are currently legal. So in less than two years, there's or two years, uh, since it was overturned, you have almost half the state or half the country is legal. So yeah, you can get in the data analytics side and work in sports. There's so many different opportunities now. Um, working with athletes specifically, I think the big thing is, you know, I think it's tough because like I remember as growing up, like I looked at as at athletes as like godlike figures. Right. You know, I think a lot of people do, and it's hard not to, especially when those are your idols growing up. But you know, when you're communicating with athletes, when speaking to them, a lot of them don't want to be treated like that. They just want to yeah. be treated like a normal human being. Mm-hmm. So it's really valuable to like know how to approach athletes, know how to have conversations, know what's like a fanboy type of questions. Uh-huh. Like they hear the same <laughs> ask thing. Ask for an autograph. Yeah. No autographs, no yeah. talking about like, you know, one greatest moment they had or <laughs> right. like I've heard so many things and I'm like, it's so awkward sometimes hearing the questions that get asked. But again, I was like I was in the that those shoes at one time too, like asking yeah. the questions. So it's really having self-awareness of of you know what an athlete would want to talk about, how to go about it. Um and also understanding you know their intentions so a lot mm-hmm. of you know look athletes are busy people and even when they retire they just need to relax because they've had so 10 plus years of yeah. stress their body probably hurts a lot like there's a lot that happens throughout an athlete's career so yeah it's really like going to them with a plan everybody wants something from them so what can you right. provide to them that makes them want to work with you mm-hmm. and i think that's that's really like the best advice i can have is really it should be organic. It should be natural. You should just want to build a relationship before doing anything with them first. And and it's really doing that the right way. And it's not a science. It's really every athlete's different. It's just every person's different. But um, you know, there is a way to kind of become friendly with an athlete just because you do care about them as a person, gen- genuinely. So, right. um, That's uh, the best advice I have there.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much
1: for being on. Adam, thank you very much, man. Excited to hear more and uh, keep killing it out there.
0: For sure. Appreciate. It. I'll talk to you soon. And there you have it, folks. Thank you so, so much if you've made it this far. It really means the world to me. And again, I can't thank James enough for being the first guest to come onto the show. And I think he did an awesome job describing everything that he and 76 Capital is doing to help these athletes grow financially away from the field. And they're really gonna do some awesome things in helping these athletes stay financially stable long, long past their playing careers, in addition to also helping some of their portfolio companies grow at levels that You never really could have imagined before if there wasn't for the incorporation of these athletes. So they're doing some awesome things. Please go check them out as well. Check out James, and thank you so much. I'll be back soon with another great episode. Much love.